And so for us, we said, okay, we won't have any marketing budget. Audrey and I ourselves won't, we'll start off not taking a paycheck and we'll just put all the money into green coffee and we will buy the nicest coffee yeah. and, and, and just preach that. And, mm-hmm. and our goal branding wise has always been essentially to sell to people that are like ourselves. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Rogue Podcast, where we believe in doing marketing differently, and uh, that's really about providing value, serving your audience first. We have an amazing guest today on our founder series, Mr. John Allen. What's up, John? Hey. Hey. How are you? Hey. 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 <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> and then to my left, as always, Lauren Lewis. Hey. Hey. So uh, we are in the 1907, which John will kind of explain a little bit about what that is exactly. But we're at Onyx HQ right now. And uh, so honored, man, that you actually invited us here. We're getting to hang out in the foreman up here, kind of trying to be a little quiet. So if you guys can hear us, there's probably some background noise because like Onyx doesn't stop. You guys just all, all day, every day, just keep it rolling, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's always something something happening so, yeah. or something breaking yeah that's probably know. true yeah, yeah yeah so we're actually uh the roast like where they actually roast all their coffee and stuff is right to the right of us correct right okay so anyway we're really excited to kind of jump into john's story and what makes onyx different because they have built an amazing brand it's been really cool to see this company grow um really from Oh, goodness, from way back. So um, anyway, but what we're going to do first, we always like to kind of kick it off with a little bit of fun. So Lauren, what do you have for us? All right. Like we always start, we always talk about what are you obsessed with? So John, would you like to kick us off? Oh, man. So if it was like just in the last three days. Sure. There you go. (laughs) So I ordered this shameful amount of cereal online. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I'm kind of obsessed with cereal, but it was like a, a special cereal that was like fake healthy, but yeah. it like made me feel better, so I could oh, eat yeah. it at yeah. night. Yeah, and but I sent it to the roastery because I I'm not home like ever, and so it's it was here, it arrived after like a month. So yeah. I've been like very excited about this. <laughs> it arrived like three days ago, and the animals that are our roastery crew oh. like tore into it because we get samples Whoa, into us like yeah every other day from some food company, right? Yeah. So I came in as like the last bowl is being finished oh. of like four boxes, <laughs> and I like I like was so mad, but also like just defeated I had like kind of the single tear yeah. <laughs> roll down so I placed another order so another 30 days 30 so I actually days. am like obsessed with it but I haven't actually tasted it yeah yet. Oh. Uh, the, yeah. the anticipation though is just building I'm sure it is I, this yeah. this like better be the best cereal <laughs> of all time What's going to happen is you're going to open it have one bowl and you're like okay you guys can I have know. the rest of it you know? well, well I didn't even let them like they were like, do you want me to tell you about it? I was like, don't even tell me about yeah. what it is. Like, I don't want to even know. Um, I guess it's obviously good if it's gone, right? They, no, I don't know. It. They'll eat anything. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, yeah. Lauren, what are you obsessed with this week? All right, so my husband and I are enjoying uh, the final and last season of The Good Place. Okay. So we actually caught up through Netflix, and we're actually watching it currently, and it's been super fun. It's the have you watched it, Brian? I have not. I've only seen trailers, previews. Yeah, it's super weird. Is it Kristen weird. Bell? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. it's super quirky. 
Um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's like, you know, there's episodes that are only like 22 minutes. So it's kind of nice when you just need, you can only sit down or the kids are screaming in the background. It's nice just to have a show that you don't really have to pay super attention to. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Um, okay. So this week has been an interesting week. My uh, kids love uh, the Thunder Song by Imagine Dragons, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah. So my wife, being the classic rock just guru that she is, she actually said, well, hey, there's another Thunder Song called Thunderstruck. And so my kids, we started listening to it. I know. But people are judging me right now already. So we started listening to Thunderstruck, and that's the new Thunder Song, right? Oh, And gosh. so this is now my children we've led us down this path of like classic rock and mainly ACDC. And I didn't really know a lot about ACDC until we started listening to this. But now we have back in black, like dance parties apparently now, like my kids love ACDC and I feel a little terrible as a parent just because of some of the lyrics. And I'm like, you don't need to know what that means. Let's just listen to the music. (laughs) Right. So anyway, we, I've kind of like gone down this path of like figuring out what ACDC, like where they started. They're like the lead singer died apparently, like in Bon Scott. And now they have, I mean, it's just an interesting story. Huh. So anyway, they partied hard. I know, like most, I guess, 70s, 80s bands. So, <laughs> right. John, John, you know what that's like. You were in Spoken, right? Way back yeah. in the day. <laughs> I was. That that wasn't on the sheet of questions that we were going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had to. I had to throw that. Oh, so I was a big spoken fan back in the day. So I mean, even with uh, Oliver, he's still around, yeah. right? Oliver yeah. drummed for a while. Did some photos of Oliver back in the day, and actually, nice. spoken's promos back way, goodness, way way back. Really? In the day. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I had to throw that out there. So if you guys <laughs> need to go find the Wikipedia on Spoken, and you can see John with some legit hair. Oh man, back in the day, so. I'm bringing the dreads back right now. <laughs> yes, please, <laughs> please. All right, so hey. Let's jump into this. Mm-hmm. So, John, uh, give us kind of a brief overview of Onyx, what you guys do here, um, and kind of what you guys are all about. Yeah, so we, um, at our core, are just a, a high-end roasting company uh, in northwest Arkansas. And so our um, we do have three cafes here kind of like all centered around different downtowns in the area, sort of like each with kind of its own unique culture. Um, but the cafes are, they're an important part of us because they, they're where our staff is, but our, they're more of the face of our company and our, our bread and butter, so to speak, is mm-hmm. roasting and then shipping that out kind of across, across the country. So I would say yeah. like 90, 95% of what we do is outside of the state of Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, like we're mostly keyed in in this state so it's it's a fun dichotomy but um yeah high-end specialty coffee that's like we eat and breathe coffee all day long that's that's all we really think about every every question that you send me will probably come back to coffee and so it's like (laughs) kind of boring but it's just what it is yeah 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 Oh, that's awesome. So tell us just a little bit about the 1907 before we kind of deep dive into your beginning, sure. where we're at right now. So the 1907 started about four years ago. It's been a long project oh, wow. um, as we were really looking to find a building large enough to sort of house um, all the different things that we do within the company and, and keep everything under one roof, but also mm-hmm. create sort of this... Um, transparency aspect so that both the customers and our staff could see all the production and all the manufacturing that goes on between 
the bakery with the pastry chefs and the roasters and the Q graders cupping the coffee and scoring coffees and sample roasting and bagging the coffee mm-hmm. baristas like literally every yeah you know there's a whole supply chain going on and um it was really important for us to kind of like put all that out there so that people understood how much work goes into coffee yeah. and also from a culture standpoint of our staff so that um everyone can kind of see and appreciate each other's jobs as opposed to just grabbing a croissant and serving it or brewing a coffee but not seeing how it was roasted you know uh and so so yeah so we we bought this large building in downtown rogers um four years ago and we've been like slowly (laughs) figuring it out as we have built it out and now um we've been open for three months and so we have uh we consider this like our hq so there's a a pretty large basement to the building Mm -hmm. and so our offices are down there and we have a training lab down there so cafes can fly in and we'll train their staff or our own staff uh we'll train there and um then the roasteries on top with a cafe bar a little event space on the side we call dry storage Mm -hmm. uh our bakery which is called dope uh, yeah, D-O-U-G-H-P. which is the coolest name, by the way. Oh, you take, you take it for a second, you're like, dope. Do, oh, uh, yeah. that's, yeah. <laughs> we think we're more clever than we are. <laughs> and then uh, where we're at right now, the cocktail bar called The Foreman, mm-hmm. which overlooks uh, the roasting production. And then there was a couple of uh, extra areas that at the time we didn't think we needed. And so um, we've subleased those to essentially friends and partners uh, that we really like that mm-hmm. also ha- ex- exceed in their craft. And so uh, Heirloom, uh, the great uh, yeah. prefix restaurant, yeah. is right behind your back. And uh, and then Yeo's, the taqueria, and uh, Farmers are right underneath us. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, it's really cool. I mean, living here, and you guys have really brought a ton of culture to Northwest Arkansas. Or even, mm. I say that, I mean, even really kind of revived a lot of that and um, I mean, we we live in a cool place, so it's it's hard anytime we talk about it. Like somebody said, "Well, you, would you ever move?" I'm like, "It'd be very difficult because yeah. there's so much here." Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys obviously bring a lot of that here, which we appreciate too. So that's really cool, man. Um, so kind of like diving into your story a little bit too. What was it? Because uh, I've I've heard because some of the spoken guys back in the day we've talked a little bit too right (laughs) Right. so i've heard kind of when you started kind of saying man i'm really getting into coffee and what that looks like but talk to us a little bit about your story like where you came from out of that like what was the moment you're like man i want to do coffee and science and put it all together and build this empire (laughs) oh man i don't know that there was like one moment i think it was like a slow a pretty slow evolution i mean i had worked as a barista uh, as my wife, uh, who, who also, you know, co-founded the company with me, we had both worked, um, for local comp- coffee companies for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't really into coffee. It was just kind of a job. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, she was kind of like more into it, but more along the line of a people side of things. Um, and, uh, yeah, honestly, it it didn't happen until we sort of committed to kind of going all in. I'm sort of an all or nothing type of person, and so uh, I was playing music at the time, touring quite a bit, and um, we ended up purchasing a cafe, honestly, for like 
more financial security because mm-hmm. uh, the music industry is, you know, a rocky road. Yeah, and yeah. You make a little bit of money, you want to like invest it right then, and then know that like no one will like you three weeks from yeah. that day. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And uh, ran. Uh, she was managing two cafes that we ended up purchasing while she was getting her master's in English because mm-hmm. um, she's a amazing and uh and i was just touring about eight months out of the year so i was gone quite a bit and uh we just started kind of like talking through like hey you know i was getting tired of travel and um started discussing like what what we like about the industry and what we don't and Mm -hmm. and really took a lot of time and sort of wanting to be really intentional about about onyx so yeah uh when i quit playing music i pretty much went straight to this um, place in Idaho where they manufacture uh, Diedrich roasters, these kind of like mm, high-end yeah, specialty yeah. roasters, and uh, studied roasting um, in that facility for a while, came back, huh. started a small private label roasting company because I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> and essentially <laughs> ran that for four years until we felt really comfortable mm-hmm. uh, with coffee and started to build a good name and that's when we changed over to onyx so it was a very long methodical kind of we just wanted to do it right and yeah. so it needed years to kind of mature so that we could learn what to do yeah before we before we pulled it off yeah that's really awesome yeah um so one of the things that we talk about is how like your passion and your leadership with your staff and where you are kind of bleeds through into your business, which is awesome. Now it kind of creates um, diehard fans. And so one of the things we've always noticed when we're in Onyx, which is awesome, is the culture here. And you just kind of want to be a part. And that's why Brian loves to rock his hat because it's just cool, right? Um, And so how did you guys, you know, did it just come naturally or were you guys, as you said, methodical about the culture you wanted to have in Onyx? Yeah, maybe a combination of both. I mean, it's... uh, I don't, you know, it's, it's really important to us. It's probably the most important thing to us is the culture of, of work. And partly because we, we work in it, I think, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to counter what we normally see, even with cafes we now consult with or rose for is usually more times than not, there's an owner, but they're kind of like not behind the bar or they're, uh, more finance or there's mm-hmm. something behind it, but there's not like really plugged into the industry. And for us, when we started, you know, we mainly hired people that weren't that much younger than we were and have been with us from the beginning. So, uh, you know, a lot of these people are like, they're like a hundred percent family or some of our closest friends. Yeah. And so we, wow. um, that has become like a natural progression to where, you know, as you, grow organically it's like we have this family and they might have been strays or we were kind of strays and have been accepted and now a new person comes in and it's and then you see them sort of embrace that person and bring them in the fold without Mm -hmm. you having to do anything and it just starts to really grow Mm -hmm. to this wonderful thing where um there's like an expectation of plugging someone in so like the staff wants to do it it's not a not a mandated thing or some like cheesy company retreat or something right it, or like a weird walmart mantra you hear it cheered <laughs> you guys do I a chant in the morning say that or whatever <laughs> but um but it's like real it's yeah. like uh you know they they actively uh 
want to be friends and plug into people that have an appreciation for coffee and just coffee culture in general and everything that sort of encompasses a cafe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is, I think it's more organic than intentional. Now I feel like as we've grown and, and are, you know, over a hundred, we start to put some things, more things in place of like, I don't know the way we're trying to figure out how to run a real business now. So it's like, how do we plug people in, in the right path and and set up systems that like make sure that everyone is feeling valued, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But no, it's a, it's a really big part. You know, coffee industry normally has a very large turnover, like very Mm -hmm. quickly, Uh, you know, five, six months, something like that would be um, on average. And and a good portion of our staff has been with us from the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, or once they've hired on has stayed. And so to have, you know, decade long people here is, is really special. And we, we don't take that for granted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we kind of Lauren jokes about my, my I love for Onyx and you guys, your brand and stuff like that. But, um, we were talking in our previous episode, they said, if you, if you didn't have to do any of you, you know, basically made all the money and you didn't have to do anything else, what would you do? And they were like, Oh, we go travel and see the world. And I was like, I want to be a barista at Onyx. I was like, I don't have to work yeah. for anything. And they gave me such a hard time. I was like, I love the brand. I love what they do. I was like, she's like, of course you go to work. Of I course you have all that. the money. Yeah, man. So yeah. if I'm ever, you know, I may send, me, send you my application or hey. something. I want to learn, learn all the, all the ways. So it's, it's not going well right now, but, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I win the lottery or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> then I'll, I'll come, come work. So sure. Um, anyway. <laughs> So one of the things when we see um, with coffee culture, what makes Onyx like stand out and be its own thing? I think it's probably because we're insecure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we. So you know, Arkansas is not known as the coffee capital of no. well yeah. anything, and um, <laughs> so when we first started out, we, you know, we're sending samples to cafe like high-end cafes all across the country um and pretty much not getting anyone to even taste it you know Mm. in in coffee there's a this sensory analysis called cupping and so you know roasters nice roasters send samples out and people would cup them and score them and then maybe start to purchase the coffee and that's sort of the way it, it, it sort of works and for us, we couldn't get anyone to even taste it based on location and yeah just be new on the scene and so um that kind of feeling I think has always stuck with us that we sort of have a chip on our shoulder and so we feel like we are constantly needing to go above and beyond to compete with the wrestlers in San Francisco or LA or New York or wherever mm-hmm. it is and so yeah I would say I mean that that would be kind of the first thing is just that we we have to do it to survive because we don't have the convenience of of all the benefits of being in, in a major metropolitan area. Uh, yeah. So that would sort of be the first thing. And coffee is very, um, it's a tight knit community, but it's also very reputational based. And so you're only as strong as your last coffee. Hmm. And, uh, and we like that, you know, it like puts on good pressure for us. So, yeah. Um, well, and that's what, even in your branding, I mean, the never settle for good enough. I mean, that's, 
you guys are portraying that even before they taste it, they see the brand. And we, so Jeremy Teff is a is a friend of the show and has been on a few times. And so nice. talk about branding and graphic design and what that looks like. And um, I know Black Box back in the day did a lot of your branding, and yeah. he was involved in some of that. And so um, you guys have done a good job of creating that of like, hey, we you set yourself as up as a premium product, right? And right. and so which is is hard to do because. A lot of times coming out of the gate, I mean, obviously you said never, you know, making sure that you are top of your game all the time. Right. And then your branding obviously matches what the quality of the coffee is, too. I mean, you guys have done kind of built that into your structures. So somebody who's out there maybe who's selling products or services or whatever, what's kind of something that you can say to them to kind of create like a premium product like what you guys have done? Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know how it applies I'm not as smart as you are making me out to be. So, <laughs> I, you know, from from our world, mainly we we decided to put essentially our entire budget into whatever was going to make us have the most quality of coffee. Like, mm-hmm. the, so for us, that's even our philosophy within coffee is that we're only as good as our raw product, right? Like the the green coffee before we roasted has the most potential of you know, sugar and and organic acids and fats Mm. and all the things that we're going to take to make a delicious cup. Like it's in its peak form and every coffee has a, a score, which determines its value on the market. I know this is like different. So like an, an 80 point coffee might be $2 on the market and 85 point coffee might be four fifty on the market or however, however it works. Wow. And, um, and so for us, we said, okay, we won't have any marketing budget, uh, we, you know, Andre and ourselves won't, we'll start off not taking a paycheck and we'll just put all the money into green coffee and we will buy the nicest coffee yeah. and, and, and just preach that. And, mm-hmm. and our goal branding wise has always been essentially to sell to people that are like ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, the industry itself. Yeah. So that is our, that's still our demographic. Like it's great that all the, Yoga moms are out sitting in the cafe right now <laughs> drinking lattes and stuff, but um, and I'm <laughs> and I'm thankful. Yeah, so so, so is my family. Yeah, but uh, but we don't care. Uh, that that's not who we're after. We yeah. you yeah. know we were making coffee and marketing coffee to baristas, to ourselves, to the industry, mm-hmm. um, and that has been our focus sort of from day one. And and we just assumed that the public would follow if the professionals like it, and so. Um, as a luxury style, I think, I think people know real, you know, kind of like real knows real. And like, Mm -hmm. so if we always took pride that every manager of every cafe in Northwest Arkansas would stop in for a coffee on their way to work, uh, we'd get importers that'd fly and come grab coffee. Like people start to visit, um, that are in the industry. And that to me is Hmm. so much better than, some sort of banner ad or pick your marketing tool. It's like, if I can have industry professionals yeah. come here because they want to, wow, that's all that really matters to yeah, us. That's huge. And, um, that's sort of stays our focus. So we are always sort of keen in on what the baristas want, what the roasters want. And we just assume the public would follow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because like one of our last founders talked about their marketing budget and they're like, we don't have one because we wanted to go where our passions led us. And it was like an organic process. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, 
one of the things that we're passionate about and we've seen that you do well is your social media. Um, and so a lot of young entrepreneurs and young business owners, are, they, um, they get really excited about social media and they don't do it well. Right. <laughs> um, it comes across fake or it's just strange. And um, so what advice could you give them um, about doing authentic social media, which is kind of a buzzword being sure. authentic on social media? Yeah, um, I don't know that I, I guess I think that it works, mm-hmm. like being really authentic. You know, we tried to not have too big of a plan. I think maybe I can do it with the with what people come to us and pitch us all the time, which is that we get we get pitched social media companies mm-hmm. all the time when we run our stuff. Yeah, uh, they'll come in or they'll send emails or they'll call. And and my first question is always like, cool, what's your favorite coffee? And it's like, oh, I don't really do coffee. I can tell you about like, you know, and they go through the, I don't know, the math of when they should post on Instagram and how to get the followers yeah. and what the statistics are, all this stuff. And that is probably really important. But um, again, because our demographic is our, is, you know, baristas and the coffee industry, like if they don't know our inside jokes and yeah. what we like in the industry itself, then it's never, I don't care how good the picture is. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, um, yeah. So we need people using our language about coffee um, and, you know, about our staff. And we post stupid inside jokes <laughs> that yeah. people may know or may not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's sort of like if our what we call our core staff, like our core team that's been with us a long time. Like if we think it's funny or we think it's cool, yeah. then we post it mm-hmm. and then, and then we can gauge how that works for everyone else. But that's sort of like helped us always, I guess. Yeah. And, and, yeah. um, and then we also on a side note, really try to, to brand is the wrong word, but promote the staff that's been with us for a long time so that they become figures themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, things like Bear, who's our Midwest uh, wholesale. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't travel with him without, like, 50 people coming up and talking to him. Yeah. Like, he is his own coffee celebrity. Or yeah. Mark, our head roaster. Mm-hmm. Or Dylan, our head trainer. Or Andrea, or whoever it is. It's like, mm-hmm. you put those characters, those figures out there yeah. with their own things that they do. And, um, I don't know, it just kind of, like, works organically. I have uh, a Bear pen. You do. I do. <laughs> nice. I was, I was, I got one of those. So yeah, actually. So it was, it was kind of funny when you guys first opened, I think the soft launch of yeah. the 1907. Right. And so I actually, I came through and just did a little video and did a little quick interview with him. It was kind of funny. It was like, I walked up to him, like, I know you like, and he, you know what I mean? Like it was a natural, sure. like, I was like, yeah, dude, how's it going? And he was like, Hey, I'm Bear. I'm like, I know who you who you right. are, you know. But it is really cool that you guys have invested in your people, and obviously that helps build that culture within the inside too. That's really cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I don't even think so many brands you can, I guess, learn more about their marketing side, their promotions going on. But it's rare to get to actually know the people and everything. And so when you can convey that through social media, but there's still a little bit of mystery there, I think right. it's way more attractive because yeah. you want to come in and learn a little bit more about those people you want to experience that and so I think that's really key in social media um, especially when it's not just buy my product buy my product buy my product sure yeah Yeah. Yeah, there's something fun about visiting a new cafe 
that we don't know and them knowing the the first name of at least 12 of our staff members yeah. is like <laughs> that's always when we feel like something's kind of like going right you yeah know? absolutely so john what would be something that people might be surprised to learn about onyx um <laughs> Put him on there's the like spot. so there's like so many bad things I could say. I feel like I could sink our company in like five seconds right now. No, uh, so most people, especially um, like customers or consumers mm-hmm. or people listening that aren't in the industry, probably don't know that we are like sort of the industry leaders in transparency for coffee mm-hmm. and have been for the last three years. Um, and that's something that we're really. I'm one personally really passionate about and have really been pushing, but uh, just as a company, we're really proud about and is starting to now kind of like turn a tide within the industry. But um, so we publish uh, our pricing, uh, our buying of every coffee that we've ever purchased. Um, And the coffee industry itself is a very, very secretive industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, all industries kind of are, uh, but coffee maybe even more so and because we don't grow coffee in the United States we don't we don't really think about it how big of a scale it is mm-hmm. um, like maybe how we think of oil or something but you know coffee is volume wise the second most traded commodity in the world I mean we're talking about you know the rise and fall of wow. a lot of third world economies a lot of first world economies yeah uh, you yeah. can lead back um, the global economy to the Brazilian harvest of coffee who grows 60% of the world's coffee. I mean, there's a lot, coffee does a lot. Uh, and, um, and there's a lot of secrecy built within it, right? Like Mm -hmm. no one wants to know the margins and everyone knows maybe farmers aren't paid that well, but maybe not really understand it. And there's Mm -hmm. buzzwords like fair trade or direct trade and, but no one actually knows what they mean. They just are like sharing Facebook articles because they read the headline. Yeah. Like yeah. have no concept of what they are. And so for us, um, publishing everything that we pay, what it scores, how we get it in the country, all those things was a really, um, it was a pretty big step and a pretty big risk for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, we're proud of it now because we're on the other side of it. But we were... We had a real struggle the first year and a half when we committed to full transparency yeah. by being, you know, a lot of black, we were blacklisted by a lot in the industry and wow. we had a lot of trouble getting some coffees in and, and yeah. um, that has totally done a full 360 to now everyone wants us to buy their coffee, which is great, but yeah. um, it's been a real thing. Well, and <laughs> I remember even back, back 2014, I think when, cause we, I'd interviewed you back then, even on our, our podcast. And so you had talked about that fair trade stuff and that, those buzzwords. And yeah. I remember that was the first time I'd ever heard that. I was like, what do you mean? It's not just all rosy and everything's mm-hmm. perfect in that world. And, and I really respect you because I see you all, all the time. You're going to visit these farms. You're going to visit, make sure that people are taken care of, make sure that you put eyes and you're like boots on the ground sure. at these places. And so, and that's really cool because most people, it doesn't matter. I can just get the cheapest or, Hey, we work out our margins. And, and right. so I really respect you guys for being able to do that. That's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's really important to us, and it is the lifeblood of kind of our entire company. Yeah, you know, oh, that's awesome. Well, and so I was thinking back because we talk about giving value on our show, and and that's one of the things that with our company, and um, 
back to when you guys, you talk about like investing in the community and stuff like this, but really teaching your audience, your customers, a cupping was the first time I had really ever interacted with good coffee. I never knew you kept. Oh, I, John, actually, John, you, you did, like, you guys had just had the one location. Yeah, we did a public cupping there. You did a public cupping there, yeah. and that was that was one of my, and actually a previous, uh, Blake Purrier was on the oh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He went with me. Oh, and okay. so that was the first time I'd ever tasted different. You're like, yeah, you can, like, taste different notes of cotton. I was like, what is a note of cotton? Like, I don't understand what this is. But then all of a sudden, yeah. I was like, oh. This is really cool, and all of a sudden, it wasn't just like Folgers, like right. or Starbucks. So like, proud of you, Brian. Hey, thank you. Thank it's you. very cultured. Look I, at yeah, you don't, you you don't know. I'm rocking the hat. I mean, come on, give me. He a He learned here, like so. a year ago that you could make decaf espresso as well. So I did not. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. you know, just give me, give me some grace here. Sure. I'm trying. I'm trying. So. Uh, if I'm ever going to be a barista here, I've got to start learning some of these things, Put you right? Through. So. Um, well, all right. Well, hey, what's uh, what's kind of next for you guys here with Onyx? What what do you see for the next couple of years? Um, so we have a couple of physical projects sort of in the works. So we ha- are underway in construction on a new cafe in the Momentary, uh, which is the, yes. the the Modern Art Museum from Crystal Bridges, yeah, that's um, awesome. which we're really excited about. It's uh, it's kind of a high concept cafe that we've been wanting to build actually for quite some time but didn't have the right place and mm-hmm. um luckily papa walton up there let us uh <laughs> do a bunch of stuff that's real expensive and really fun and kind yeah. of quirky for a cafe and and is okay with it because of the art side of it mm-hmm. and so um i don't want to give away too much but it's we're really excited about it it's it's kind of one of those projects that like will be unbelievably fantastic or will be a total disaster yeah. <laughs> uh, and we, we honestly don't know which yet um, you ever, do you ever watch parks and rec have you have you seen no it? have you not oh, okay well there's a, there's a scene in it where they go to this high-end like uh alcohol bar and so they're like oh, do you, how do you want how do you want your alcohol and they're like i want it i want it in aerosol so they smell oh, no. your alcohol so when you're talking about like high concept right. like i was like i want my coffee it's not so. quite that okay <laughs> no you can still That's wear awesome. your sweatpants and come on in, hey, uh, yeah, but yeah, it will nice, be different. Nice. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so that and there's a couple other um, locations we'd like to be in. We don't mm-hmm. just like everything in transparency. We don't really keep it a secret. So we're really trying to, you know, have a presence in every downtown of Northwest Arkansas. And then we are, in theory, done with kind of brick and mortars. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we want this area to be known for Onyx, but um, building a bunch of cookie cutter cafes is not really our our model so yeah from there really it's just it's just growing uh our roasting business um and trying to find new coffees and Mm -hmm. we've been slowly playing with like vertically integrating certain things so we're working on building sort of like a dry mill project in columbia which would be like a processing facility for coffee so that we could yeah um that's awesome. Work on some new quality standards that we've been wanting to see. And because we get the, like, we're not agronomy experts necessarily, but we do get to travel and see operations over, you know, East Africa, Central South America. And so we can take things that we see and apply them to new regions. And so mm-hmm. that's something we've been doing lately with, like, some experimental processing and some fun stuff that's resulting in really incredible coffees. And so yeah. um, that's sort of a long-term goal for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the 
like the Middle East and Asia have really been expanding like their high end coffee market. So our biggest growth is probably in that area. So uh, we hope to kind of be pushing more international business and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll just close it all down and <laughs> start a taqueria or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Knowing you, John, that would not surprise me at I, all. And all of a sudden you're like, Hey, let's do some tacos. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. But that, that's the goal for now. Yeah. That's Every really project cool. we do, I tell Andrea that we're done and she like is excited about that. And then, yeah. <laughs> Cause she has to run it all. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, the idea guy. And then she's like, all right, now I have uh, a new job too on top yes. of it. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks so much. Seriously, man, for sitting down with us and obviously hosting this really awesome space. So, um, so where can people find out more about you? You guys have an awesome subscription service as well. We want to plug that because yeah, really cool stuff that you guys are doing in the e-commerce space and thanks. So. Yeah. We have, um, different subscription models from once a week to once a month mm-hmm. with, you can let our roaster choose your coffee or you can you sign up with like standard drip or espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do have kind of like special offerings that go on the website uh, that we kind of like we'll post on Instagram and those usually go within 10 or 12 hours. So it's like once you see it, you should if you're thinking about teetering, you should commit to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. I, it's an honor to be here. I yeah. know we've tried to connect like <laughs> a thousand times. It's true. I have the. Uh, scheduling mentality of a three-year-old and so it's, it's very hard to pin things down sometimes you know what uh, lauren could probably agree that i'm probably in that same boat too Perfect. so uh, it worked out but, um onyx coffee lab dot com dot com yes sir um you guys follow them on instagram facebook get in the know on their inside jokes mm-hmm. so yes. that's where you need to go there's a uh, gabe who is super grumpy yeah and yeah. is our e-commerce guy uh, <laughs> is doing some Halloween stories right now all throughout uh, the month of October. So check that out. He's yeah. creepy as hell. So you'll see. <laughs> That's you'll awesome. See, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, make sure you guys also check out GoRogueX.com for all the show notes. We'll have all the links to everything that we've talked about here today. Um, but anyway, thanks, John. Appreciate Thank it, you. man. Yeah. yeah. Lauren, as always, running the show. So well, so well. All right. Hey, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. All right, Lauren. Rapid fire. All right. You got it? Yep. Let's do First this. question. What is the best material gift anyone's ever given to you? So you can't say your child. Okay. Material oh. gift. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Do you want I, to go first? I got one. Okay. Starts off. PlayStation 1. When I was like 13, my parents surprised me, wrapped it up in like a blanket. I had like a sleepover with mm-hmm. a few of my friends, and they wrapped it up in a blanket and put it on the couch. And so when we we're unfolding the blanket, my PlayStation was there. It was like the best birthday gift. I mean, I still think about that. It was amazing. <laughs> amazing time. Anyway, okay. John, do you have one? Uh, yeah, actually, just last year on my birthday, Andrea got me floor seats to the OKC Thunder game. I'm a pretty big NBA Whoa, fan. Whoa, yeah. And uh, so we sat courtside, like, and it just happened to be the game. Paul George hit a buzzer beater two overtimes in. It was... Wow. 
unbelievable. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was great. So that's, Dang, that's probably, man. That's yeah. probably that's my life peaked at 35. <laughs> it's like it was there. Well, yeah, and this next season is uh, probably probably going to be a little oh, rough man, for I don't the, the Thunder. Okay, yeah. <laughs> No, we can talk Moving about on, later. Sorry, sorry. Let's <laughs> put John in a bad mood. Here yeah. We go. All right, Lauren, what about you? All right, you? so um, I think it was my sophomore year in college, my battery in my car died in the middle of the freeway. Like, okay. bad timing, right? So it was like one of those like little like red wannabe Jeeps, Geos. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyways, um, so light as a feather car. Anyways, um, it died, so we had to, like, we were going to get it towed in the middle of the night, and a semi hit it in the middle of the night and, like, snapped it in half. Like, poor little Gio <laughs> is dead. Anyways. <laughs> so I had no car and everything. I didn't know what to do, but my grandpa gave me a car, um, and it was my little Corolla. I just got rid of, uh, like, yeah. last month. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I really milked it for all it was worth. For um, But, yeah, it was really huge, so I could actually get back from, from college and everything. I, had, I was working in school, so it was really important for me to have a car. So I always remember that. And I actually tried to pay my grandpa back, and he told me to give him a dollar. And then he said it was paid. It was really sweet of him. <laughs> that's, cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Second question. Ready? Yeah. Okay. What childish thing do you still do as an adult? Childish thing? Yeah. You, you've had some time to think about this, so go for it, Lauren. Okay. Um, I well, I think of like when I think of childish thing, I think sometimes like food that's kind of childish that I still oh, okay. like to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. was where I kind of went with my brain. Yeah. Um. So I still really like well, two things. I like Fun Dip and Airhead Extremes. I still like those with my kids. I think they're super fun. They're messy as all get out. Sugar flying oh, everywhere, gosh. but I think they're super fun. You make your mouth all different colors. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. one of mine. About you, John. <laughs> I mean, I already confessed think. about cereal, so I feel like uh, we never heard what kind of cereal is it. Oh, I didn't want to promote the brand yet oh, because yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. or not. Oh, okay. I might get some weird judgment, but I like all cereal. Like I'll eat. I mean, if so, I confession time. Every night, because I'm super nerdy, it's like I get the like a science fiction book. I read a lot of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a bowl of cereal and I get in the bathtub <laughs> <laughs> and I eat a bowl of cereal and I read a book. Oh, it's like from awesome. 9.30 to 10. That's it's like my little routine. That's awesome though. And it's like the best place ever and that, but that cereal could be really anything. Yeah. It's like I, I'm a grossly healthy eater until it comes to cereal and then hmm. It's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like put all the words I can't just pronounce. Count Chocula, yes. just all the Captain Crunch. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. Mine is, and actually, Lauren, your husband teases me about this all the time. Okay. So my one thing is that I still play Modern Warfare Three, oh, yes, which you is do. like a ten year old <laughs> game. Um, me and my buddy still sit down and we will play Modern Warfare Three. And there's like 17 new Modern <laughs> Warfares, but for some reason that original this is one, the one. That's 2008, so yeah. <laughs> we don't hook up to anything, but I want to start rollerblading again. I know what? I'm going to break something, but that that was like a kid thing that I used to do. I wanted, you know, the what inline. Blade. Let's blade. Come on, you know. <laughs> Bring back the nut now. Wow. I'm going to break something if I actually do that. Yeah, your family is accident prone. That is true. All <laughs> right. Hey, we're out. Thanks. Swiftin, uh Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. <laughs>